So, hello there, everyone, and welcome along to the second ever episode of the Dundalk Fan TV podcast. I'm delighted to say I've gotten Johnny Ward on the line. Johnny, thanks so much for coming on. No problem, Paddy. Um, I'm delighted to be here. You obviously had Gary Rogers, one of the um, probably the one of the elder statesmen of the League of Ireland at this stage, who's had a really, really good career. Played for the club I support, Galway United. Um, so. I'm glad that you've done even better this week and gotten me on after Gary. But Gary might confuse that, but whatever you do um, next week, it'll be a step up on me. But um, it's uh, you're you're making great progress, and uh, thank you. Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you might have a a very interesting voice because it's obviously a mad time for football, and uh, I'm not sure I can maybe furnish your listeners with as, as much information as I'd like to on the situation in terms of League of Ireland behind um, what's going on in terms of behind the scenes at the moment, but um, we should have a chat anyway. Yeah. The return to football has been all over the place recently, the plan. It's kind of gone from plan to no plan to just a plan that looked like it was drawn together very quickly. The four European clubs returned to training recently in preparation for the mini four-team tournament. That looks like it's going to be in scrap now. And these clubs have been asked to give quite a, quite a bit of money to, to fund the return of football. What's your take on that? Yeah, I don't agree. I don't agree with that, to be honest. In terms of the concepts, which has been kind of uh, done in some European countries, um, in terms of the concept of giving some of the European money to other clubs as a sort of a solidarity fund. Um, I, I kind of like the idea of that, but we're not dealing with normal times here. And to me, this is um, the FBI basically failing in its duty to uh, come up with some sort of a fund. And your own club, Dundalk, obviously, are losing a good bit of money this year with, uh, with them paying the players' wages and having no football. Uh, I don't think it's fair on Dundalk to have to give money to the likes of Finn Harps or anyone else for that matter, to be honest, in this situation because they and Shamrock Rovers um, have, have been doing their best in terms of paying their players. I know Rovers players are on a pay cut, um, but they, they weren't budgeting to have a solidarity fund imposed on them um, out of nowhere. So I'm not mad in that idea. I think the FEI has done um, a poor job in difficult circumstances. Um, I haven't been impressed by by it and what it's come up with. Um, and that's without exactly knowing what it has come up with. But Paddy, I would hope that the government um, will step up to the plate and help Irish football because I think these are kind of really strange times. And our problem is that uh, the government, unfortunately, the you know doesn't really have a Fine Gael sports minister that can kind of grasp the mantle here. But I, I've slightly been encouraged by Sinn Féin and Social Democrats and TD's kind of saying that we need to set up some sort of solidarity fund. Otherwise, I'm not sure. But at the same time, in the next two or three weeks, things could develop in terms of the virus. And I think the League of Ireland might be in the worst place in terms of crowds returning to games. Yeah. Um, but I don't actually feel that Rovers, Derry, uh, Bowes and Dundalk should be obliged to give money to other clubs because they have enough of their own problems. Yeah, because if like, pretty well-funded clubs like Dundalk and Derry are, cannot be in a position to give that money to other clubs. Imagine you want to be like in a situation like Bose, kind of, mm. kind of an unpredictable type. You don't know what's going to happen. They don't really have any long-term contracts in. Just the financial structure of our league is very poor for when anything goes wrong. Well, it's been an absolute disgrace in that. Like you can't, uh, you know, the the clubs at the at the bottom. There's no funding really in the league in terms of. TV money or prize money is is essentially irrelevant in the League of Ireland. Um, so basically the only money coming in 
um, from outside is, is European money. And that obviously creates a big imbalance in terms of the haves and the have-nots. And the haves have been consistently in Europe and the have-nots have consistently not been in Europe. Bowes and uh, Derry obviously kind of creeping into those positions with Cork City having a poor season last season. But, um, you know, the, the, the FAI... Um, the FEI's running of the League of Ireland was should be a national scandal in terms of sporting terms. I think they've had a, you know, a legacy of, you know, just letting it run into the ground, um, and the clubs were, you know, involved in this sort of sort of confidentiality agreement that essentially meant that they didn't know how much money was coming in in terms of sponsorships, an absolute disgrace. Um, so yeah, the, the the whole the whole structure has been horrifically bad. Um, I have a lot of faith in the League of Ireland, your own club. What it did in 2016 was all, um, you know, to borrow the old Sinn Féin from the, from the past, the Sinn Féin motto, we ourselves alone. Everything was done by self-sufficiency. There was no outside help at all. And what the Dock did, even what Rovers did before that, and, uh, you know, the, the good performance in Europe of other clubs, that wasn't achieved with any help from the FEI. And um, that's obviously why we were in a situation now where the league is, is, is kind of trying to grow, but desperately needs kind of help as well from government levels. Yeah, and it's, it's like a wilderness. It's essentially survival of the fittest. It's like wild animals at the bottom of the league. Some of those cl- players don't know where they're going to go the next season. Some of those clubs don't know if they're even going to be in existence next season. It's just something needs to change. Yeah, um, I, when, I, when I started getting into the League of Ireland, I was a little bit older than you. I was 15. And um, a lot of the problems that existed now existed then. But the product is infinitely better now, I would argue. And... Uh, if we can develop some sort of proper academy structure in this country where um, money is put in, because I believe so much in the benefit of sport at so many levels, so many levels. And I'm talking about, you know, your age group will be under under 13, for example. From under 13s up um, at the League of Ireland to feed into the local leagues, I think there's massive, massive plus uh, plus side for, for proper academies and proper systems from Finn Harps to Cork City to Waterford to, um, you know, Cove Ramblers and I just hope that you know over time the government will have a proper FAI relationship and it will say well we can actually do this because Brexit has changed the um, likelihood of, of players leaving to go to England particularly at a young age so we, we have a great opportunity here. Yeah and like there are some samples of what could be done for example Gavin Bazunu kind of like the first real gem out of the Shamrock Rovers Academy sold to Man City for 250 grand or whatever it was speaking of hope really for, for the future absolutely and you know also in fairness to Rovers they did have a sort of a model where the, the players would be educated here as well insofar as they tried to get their leaving certs and Gavin Bazuna is a, 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 a really smashing individual in that he, he his head screwed on um, and I'd have to hail Stephen Bradley because Stephen Bradley gave him his debut when he was 16 when Champ I would argue that his time at Shamrock Rovers was at a particularly low ebb at that time, and he gave Gavin Bazuna his debut, and Rovers went on a great run. And the Rovers model of um, having a very good underage setup, and you can imagine Damien Duff was over the 15, so they're putting a lot of kind of good personnel into this. Um, I think that's the model to go for. Uh, I think Dundalk have probably work to do in terms of uh, you know, developing their own underage structures, but it's a lot different to doing Shamrock Rovers. Shamrock Rovers is probably the biggest club in Ireland, really, and certainly the biggest club in Dublin. They can attract people, uh, young kids to, to, to follow. But I would hope that, you know, we can develop players in this country to play in the League of Ireland. And if they want to move on to uh, go to a European league, um, so be it. But let's get paid properly for them. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of to show what could be done. Uh, I was recently talking to Mark Henry from 
the Dundalk Academy. Can Open Cummings made a few appearances with the first team. Now he was definitely wasn't with the club, like he he wasn't there from a very young age. But I kind of moved in in his teen years, and it could be the next big thing out of the club. It could be sort of a good academy, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the strange things about the Kenny into Vinnie Perth era in Dundalk that young players really haven't come through as much. Um, and I, I, the reason for that, I suppose, like, you know, Dundalk is a small place. It's it's an incredibly well-supported club. It's an incredibly um, successful club, you know, obviously in a former garrison town, but at the same time, punched way above its weight population-wise. Oh, yeah. So the likes of that is, is fantastic for Dundalk. Um, and in fairness to Peak 6, I think it's tried to like develop facilities as, as best it can. Um, you know, the, the surface at Oriel to me is still, I still have issues with the, the, the artificial surface, but the, 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 you know, Peak 6 gets kind of a lot of fairly questionable press to my mind, considering the money it's actually invested in. Um, you know, just the, the, the training facilities and all the Dundalk. And uh, I think Dundalk, from that 2016 era, they have got that sort of money to give them, you know, the the, the, the platform to uh, develop their facilities. And I'd love to see more uh, players come through at Dundalk and Drada as well in that region. Um, because I think, uh, you know, it, it's only really for the better of the club long term. If they develop very good players that are actually good enough to move on to, uh, you know, another level, that's fine. Um, but let's kind of try to promote them. The thing for Dundalk is they've had such unbelievably strong squads. It's very hard for young players, but they can also go out on loan, like, um, you know, and, and go out to, on loan to other clubs and help them as well. Yeah, definitely. But if Stephen Kenny built his team from youth, from the youth squad there, definitely would have had, wouldn't have had the same outcome. But the beauty of it was that these were players coming from the end of nowhere, like, Brian Gartland picked up from Portland Down. Dane Massey and Chris Shields, now two of the best players in the league, picked up from Bray Wanderers. Patrick Hubin picked up from Merview United. They just built a squad out of nothing. And he actually did his thesis a few, a few years before he earned his pro licence on how to build a football club from nothing. And he really did that. It was just a success. I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think what Kenny had, I, I think in terms of a manager, a manager who was kind of at a, a very critical point of his career if the Shamrock Rovers hadn't worked out. I think it was a great project for him to have because he came into a Dundalk um, setup that was, Dundalk was at a fairly low ebb, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, and in many ways, he took over Shamrock Rovers when expectation was high. There was very little expectation at Dundalk. And I think to start something from scratch when the expectation is so low is actually kind of... Um, can be a great kind of revival for a manager in that he, but he now at the same time, he had to convince the likes of Stephen O'Donnell and, you know, all these players that like, he'd be better off coming to the dock on probably not great money um, than it would be to go elsewhere or even to give up the game altogether. But um, he did an unbelievable job. And I love the fact that he put them together for, apart from Daryl Horgan, who cost like nothing really, 20 grand or whatever it was. They basically came, they, they were cobbled together and the finish second that first season was just utterly incredible. Um, but he did the same thing at Longford Town. You know, he, he inherited a joke of a club in Longford Town who were basically full of journeymen, no interest. Um, and he brought them, I think they finished fourth in the first division straight away. So he's had a consistent kind of ability to do that. And he's taken over an Ireland team now that I think, like, basically has, if not underachieved, um, hasn't really set the world alight. And I think there are some parallels there. But... Um, He's a great man, Stephen Kenny. If it doesn't work out with Ireland, it won't be for the lack of his qualities as a person. Um, 
and I think you know what he's I really admire the fact that he got got over that Shamrock Rovers position because I think the what happened at Shamrock Rovers could have basically turned him off football forever and I'm glad it, it didn't and I'd have to hail uh, Martin Conley and big Paul Brown for um you know obviously as much as it wasn't a massive gamble for them they convinced him to come to Dundalk and look where they are now yeah, it's definitely a tribute to his personality. He just didn't give up, and that's the best thing. And now, now he's at the, he now he's basically gotten the best job in Irish football. He is the head. He has control over the squad now. And do you think he will use that power to bring in more players from the League of Ireland? We've seen it recently with Jack Byrne and Graham Burke. Do you think he'll use the power to bring in even more players into into the setup? I don't. I don't think he's. Um... His 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 kind of history of being the League of Ireland will be um, particularly pr- pronounced in terms of bringing in League of Ireland players. I don't think there are League of Ireland players at the moment um, that are actually good enough to play for the international team. Um, apart from at underage level, Jack Byrne would be on the cusp of the squad. He'd do well to play um, because you know you're dealing with a different standard. Of, you know, I'm not going to say unfortunately, actually, because I want Ireland to do well. I think he's more likely to bring in the underage players, League of Ireland players that fit in. Obviously, Danny Mandreo has, um, you know, been part of the under-21s, but he's probably not really a regular starter for Kenny at 21s level. Um, apart from that, I don't think the quality of the League of Ireland players at the moment are good enough to fit into the Ireland team. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think the League of Ireland standard is good, but we don't really have these players that are standing out so much and I think League of Ireland fans need to be kind of I suppose um, a little bit conscious of that that like he, he's not going to just throw in League of Ireland players because of his history with League of Ireland he's going to be looking far further afield he's also part of a team that involves Damien Dauphinov and Keith Andrews and now Rory Higgins but apart from Jack Byrne who I don't think will be starting um, you know arguably I don't think the players are there at the moment and that that's fine we were going to we've had brilliant success in terms of underage players playing for the um, the international teams and doing well. We've had an unbelievable change in the last sort of 10 years of ex-League of Ireland players playing for the international team. So I wouldn't be overplaying Kenny's role in terms of the League of Ireland players that are going to play for the international team unless they're good enough. Yeah, I suppose with Higgins joining the squad, it was very sudden. Vinnie Perth was not happy about it. But do you think there was like any issue in the way they recruited him? I don't, to be honest, but you'd probably need to ask Vinny and Rory Higgins that. Um, I was disappointed that Dundalk, you know, issued that kind of, um, you know, that statement or press release, whatever, afterwards. But at the same time, I suppose one of their better um, individuals at the club was taken away from them. And, you know, as much as it is, we all want the Irish team to do well, Dundalk have to look after Dundalk. Um, I wouldn't have had a major issue with it. I was, I was disappointed the way it happened because... I have massive respect for Rory and, and I have massive time for Vinny and respect for him as well. So um, I know there obviously would have been, I suppose, you know, Vinny and Stephen went their separate way and all that. But I suppose Vinny has the best job in Irish football. Stephen Kenny has the best job in Irish football in terms of the international setup. And now Rory Higgins has joined him. And I'd love if they could all kind of just get on and um, progress individually and collectively because they're, they're, they're great people. Yeah, just kind of moving on a bit. A few weeks ago, Bulls were spotted back training, but a bit before they were allowed, they were social distancing. They were keeping up a good level of it. Apparently, they were sanitising all their gear. It caused a major stir online, but what was your view on it? I thought it was a lot to do about nothing, to be honest. I mean, in fairness now, the, the other clubs like St. Patrick's under Stephen O'Donnell, they didn't do that. They were one of those clubs that 
um, you know, in Dublin that were probably watching on. But um, to be honest, like the whole coronavirus kind of thing has changed so much in the last three or four weeks, Paddy, that I thought it was a lot to do about nothing. And then in, 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 in one way, it was actually a bit of publicity for the club at a time when it didn't have much publicity and Bowes loved publicity. Yeah, true. Um, actually, St. Pat's opened up their club, opened up Richmond Park as a food bank. Yeah, that was actually a great initiative in the community with players setting up to help and Stephen O'Donnell was involved in it as well. It was just great to see. Hopefully we can see more League of Ireland clubs like that helping out, helping out with people in need. Absolutely, yeah. St. Pat's were great. But the, 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 the thing that Pat's, Pat's do need to work in terms of community, I think they've probably failed on that score. Um, you know, as long as I've been in Dublin 8, I think they could have done more. Um, it's not easy, though. You have all these volunteers. You can't pay people. Um, but that was a fantastic initiative. And you see Gerald Bryan and uh, other personnel delivering stuff to the locality. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't just one of, one of these publicity stunt gestures, because it actually did matter. There's a lot of poverty in the area. And um, Pat did lots of, uh, lots of good work. Bose are probably the leader in that. I mean, the direct provision stuff and all it has done to become a you know, proper part of the community in Fibsborough is fantastic. And I think we shouldn't lose sight of that because I think English Premier League clubs have, have um, you know, they've a, they're at a distinct disadvantage in that regard because they've just they've become global entities, whereas the League of Ireland clubs are essentially still local. Yeah, Pats really weren't blowing their trumpet about that either. They kept it quite quiet. I heard about it in the Independent anyway, but Bulls have been doing a great job as well. The new refugees welcome away kit. Now um, all the proceeds from that are going straight to end, de- end direct provision. Um, they organise prison matches against Mountjoy, the first team, and they just do a great job. Uh, they just really, they're just really deep roots in the community. Absolutely, Paddy. Like there's, there's obviously that you don't, you don't really want to cross that line to become sort of a political entity. But what Bose did in terms of the prisons, you know, I spoke to Shane Supple and. Oscar Brennan in terms of that and like I, I, I'd, nearly, I'd nearly say what they did there in terms of people that just have been you know forgotten by society what they did there and I could see how much it moved Oscar Brennan his role in, in, in that it's absolutely fantastic stuff I don't really see how Bowes were doing stuff with Mountjoy Prison um, to gain fans at matches like who's going to come like ex-convicts or whatever like it wasn't and, and there's the lovely stories of you know, the biggest roar outside the Daily Mount when, when Bowes score against Rovers is in Mount Joy. I genuinely think what they've been doing is actually, um, you know, to, to help the community and to, 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 be, to be a prominent uh-huh. role. And um, I absolutely love that story of what they did there. And, uh, you know, I think Bowes have been a, a great example of what you can do outside the football pitch. Yeah, it was really just out of the goodness, out of the goodness of their hearts, really. The community people deserve a pat on the back because they're, they're doing a great job. Absolutely. Moving on a bit now, Galway United had a had a fair renovation over the off season. Do you see that paying off? It's a bit early to tell now, but do you see that paying off? They had a good investment into players all, over the winter. Yeah, I was very uh, very you know hopeful for this season. We have a massive squad, and uh, you know you can only play eleven players. Didn't have a great start. Drew and Wexford drew against Shamrock Rovers B when you know the game was shouldn't have been played but uh, yeah I'd have a lot of lot of hope for the squad I think uh, we have a massive chance of getting promoted and um, you know very hopeful that uh, that will happen as well because spent too long in the first division at this stage you know just it's a, it's a club that should be a lot bigger than it is um, probably a good example of a club within the League of Ireland like the League of Ireland that has underachieved and uh, you know I, I'd have 
big, big, big hope for this particular squad of players. Yeah, like against that, against Shamrock Rovers, be poor players' toes were nearly falling off with frostbite. Like it was bad, terrible I, I, conditions. I was at that game, Paddy. It shouldn't have gone ahead, and players were, you know, blue, blue bellies at halftime. Shouldn't have gone ahead. Seems a long way away now, but yeah, that was, that was their. First game of the season, then played Wexford and, and then the whole thing was called a haul. But I think the buzz can be back in Galway very soon. We've had a massive help from the Coleman brothers. Um, Adam Murphy's a brilliant, brilliant worker, you know, in terms of what he does. He's a young manager with a lot to prove yet, but I've, I've high hopes for the whole team. Yeah. Um, just moving on a little bit now. Who do you see kind of coming out of the League of Ireland as the next big thing, the next Jack Byrne or Daryl Horgan or whatever that's going to be the big the big talking point? Probably Luke McNally, at Pat's centre-back, uh, would have played for Drogheda United on loan under Tim Clancy and Kevin Doherty. Uh, I think he's all the attributes to be a very good player. He's quite tall. And for a defender in, a, in an era when defenders are kind of expected to be you know, very comfortable on the ball. He's also very well able to score goals. Um, obviously got that hat-trick last season against Cavan Teeley. He'd be my biggest prospect. Yeah, but we mightn't get a chance to see him too much in the League of Ireland, actually. Rumoured to be joining Ipswich Town. Daniel MacDonald was reporting in the Irish Independent. I actually didn't know that. So, you you know, you're more on top of Dan's reporting than I am, but that wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest. Um, I've spoken to um, an agent about his qualities already and, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me. But hopefully if Pats do sell him, they get proper conversation. Oh, yeah. It's kind of been disgraceful. Clubs letting really bright players just kind of go for nothing, really. Absolutely, absolutely, Paddy. That's, I wouldn't stand for that at all, to be honest. If you want to buy and pay for them. Mm, like, yeah, it's just it's not great for the league, really. Our financial Great structure team. needs to change. We need to get more support from the FAI. We need to get more support from the government. We need to get more Absolutely. support from the Irish public. Like, what's your message to anyone who won't support League of Ireland because quality is too bad or Liverpool have better players on a Sunday? What, what do you say to that person? When I was your age, um, I had no interest in League of Ireland. got into the League of Ireland and then... Um, you know, I I, I, I recognised that uh, having live sport was great, but the quality wasn't great. There was a lot of negativity towards it. I, to be honest, Paddy, I think that's gone. I know, you know, a lot of your mates probably support English teams or whatever, but like the, the quality is such now that, you know, people aren't really negative towards it. And I wouldn't be knocking people for not following the League of Ireland. You know, say if you're from Kilkenny, if you're from Leash, if you're from Kerry, if you're from Mayo, if you're from Monaghan, if you're from Tipperary, if you're from Cavan. You can't have necessarily an Irish team. A lot of these have, you know, fans, would-be fans of this kind of, um, I suppose, inter-county type mentality from, from Gaelic games. So I wouldn't decry them so much. I would suggest to the FEI and the League of Ireland and, you know, the government, how are we going to set up clubs that these people can support? And I would implore, implore the government to really appreciate a football industry in this country and what it could do because sport is amazing football is the main sport in this country as far as I'm concerned and um, we've massive upside to Stephen Kenny taking the Ireland job I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be I'd be very very confident about football at the moment I think the league of is going to go a long way in the next 10 years um, this, the title race was heating up really before the league got disrupted who do you think is going to take it? Uh, I, I, I fancy Shamrock Rovers, but um, it, it, there's a long way to go. I thought Rory Higgins was interesting in that he kind of feels that 
you know, Dundalk had that know-it-all, that kind of that kind of um, ability to to get over the line, which Shamrock Rovers don't. Mm. But I don't really have that many concerns about Rovers in terms of mentality. You know, they, they won the cup final after things went a bit against them, and uh, I just think they'll be very hard to beat. They're, they're three points ahead of Dundalk. Isn't really isn't really anything, but um, it'll be a tight race. Probably favour Rovers at the moment. But as you know, Paddy, you mentioned Jack Byrne. If, if Jack Byrne is gone from Rovers, that might upset things. So that'll be that'll be my proviso. But I, I, I'd fancy Rovers, but I don't think there'll be an awful lot in it. What would you say has been the best game played this season in the league? Ah, Paddy. Paddy, you can't ask that. Rovers and Duck. I mean, this is, you know, uh, these games just don't... That game was just so ridiculous. I was actually at Dundalk races that night and I kind of missed a lot, but I was half watching on my phone on the way home. But this was, in terms of publicity for the League of Ireland on so many levels, Jordan Flores and all that, but just the game itself, you know, won't be, surely won't be top this season. As much as there were patches of the game that were a small bit scrappy, it was just, it had everything. Oh, it was just an incredible match. That screaming from Jordan Flores is just something else. Five mm. million views, I think, it got on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a talented kid and um, he needs to do more in general play, but I, I love his technical ability. Yeah, it's just that was just a great advert for the League of Ireland on so many levels. It was, it was. And, you know, I, I know where you're living in Kimmage. You've ready enough access to St. Patrick's games and Rovers games. So when you go to Dundalk games and, you know, you have these games in Dublin, we're telling look great that night. It's unbelievable. So who would you say has been the standout player this season in the league? It's hard to answer that, Paddy, being honest, because it's just been out of sight, out of mind at this stage. You know, the, the game, it's been so long since we, we've actually played. Um, I mean, I, Dundalk, to my mind, haven't really gotten going yet. Um, and in terms of Rovers, I, like, I suppose the obvious ones, like Jack Byrne has been good. Um, I think Dylan Watts has actually had a really good season for a player that his Rovers career seemed to be up in the air. I think he's a really, really talented lad and got that crucial goal, obviously, not only against uh, Dundalk, but against Rovers as well, a Sligo Rovers. Um, so I think Rovers have probably been the best side, um, you know, but there's such a long way to go. I just really wanted to come back very soon and hopefully be able to uh, go along to the Dundalk away section at a game with yourself and your dad and, and, and see how they can kind of respond to this Rovers start of the season. Yeah, it'll be brilliant. To be honest, I don't think we'll have any problems. Rovers kind of run out of steam halfway through. And I know I might be a bit biased as a Dundalk fan, but we mightn't play the prettiest game day by day but we just put in a graph we just win games and that's the sign of champions well you do but you've lost you've lost your system manager now and without overplaying that it does mean a little bit of upheaval like so if Alan Reynolds comes in or whoever comes in that changes things and you know Vinny's the manager and he has that backroom team and the players are there but I'm not sure it's entirely ideal and Dundalk have a pro Dundalk have a lot of players in that squad that are very good but they can only play 11 and the last two times they've played Shamrock Rovers, to my mind, they've been comfortably second best in general play. Um, and I'm not sure that's going to change, to be honest. Yeah, true. Right, it was great having you on, Johnny. Thanks so much. Got to cut it a bit short, but thanks again for coming on. Not at all, Paddy. And um, I suppose it's worth mentioning, you know, the fact that you got into Dundalk um, was the fact that you were at an airport in 2016 going off in your holliers and the players were quite nice to you in, in, in this kind of random meeting. And I think that's what the League of Ireland is all about. The players, the management, 
Um, all the personalities are very down-to-earth blokes. Um, and I think that's one of the attractions of the league, that there are no... There are stars, but they don't behave like stars. They're they're kind of recognisable. You can identify with them. And um, I hope, you know, that, that'll shine through on this podcast, which I expect will do very well. Yeah, there are no Premier League players crashing cars and drunken disorderly no. and stuff like that. No, and like in fairness, the, the Premier League players, you know, they're on such money, it's hard for them not to change their personality because they're on obscene money and that mm. such is life and such is life and kind of, you know, the, the high level of the professional sport in general. But that is a long, long way off the League of Ireland. And you can talk to Jack Byrne, you can talk to Patrick McElhenney, you can talk to uh, Danny Mandreo, you can talk to all these quality players across the league and they'll, they'll be actually just happy that you recognise them and want to talk to them. And, um, you know, I hope that will shine through as well. Thank you again. Thanks very much, Paddy.